Sure. It's kind of hard to come preach like when God claps you in worship, eh? So, thanks. It's a privilege to be here this morning. Um, I'm going to probably be quite emotional, um, just because I was quite emotional in worship, and God started showing me some pictures for, for individuals in the church today. And so, get ready for God to do something in your heart. And I'm not just talking about five people in this church. I'm talking about every single one of you. Get ready for God to do something in your heart today. To put this preach together was quite difficult because I started off on a thing and then we went met on Friday and it changed to this, the, the thing, but I had to add some stuff onto it because we really felt as, as elders that one of our weak points in the church is prayer. It's something that we battle to do. Um, I battle to do it. It says pray without ceasing. I definitely don't pray without ceasing. That's why I know it's for everyone. So what I want to share this morning, if I had to give it a title, was we have a spirit that is weak that needs work and a muscle that we need to exercise. And there's a spirit we need to expel today out of us. And with, without having the one that I'm covering prayer in place and in the right way like it should be, we're not going to get to the part where we can get to the one that needs to be expelled. And what I'm talking about when I'm saying what spirit we're going to expel today, it's called unforgiveness. And I, I wanted to share a joke so you could all laugh and like me and then well, I could carry on with the preach. But I don't feel God wants to do it that way. I really felt God say to me in worship, do not share a joke. Because today I'm coming against the spirit of unforgiveness. I'm not, I'm not just talking about unforgiveness. I'm coming against it today in your life. Because it's robbing you. It's stealing you. It's hurting you. It's, it's taking stuff away from you. So I want to start with prayer. Why do we pray? Because he's the king. He's everything. Why wouldn't you talk to the oak that created the whole universe, everything around us, your body, the breath that you breathe, and you can have a relationship with him because he's not dead, he's alive. But why won't you pray to this guy? I'm, ask myself, I'm asking myself the same question. Why am I not praying to this almighty God who, not just asking him for stuff, but just praying. Like, God, I've had such a bad day. I don't know what to do anymore. Please, you need to show me what the right thing to do is at this moment in time. I don't know how to do that anymore. So God calls us to pray. In Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, in every situation. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, it says, without ceasing. In Luke 18 verse 1, it goes, without giving up. Your situation isn't so far gone that you need to give up. I don't care how far you've fallen. This God loves you enough because he wants to pull you back into this place. Don't give up. Yours is going to go long. I need water for this one. Can you open that for me? Thanks. Sorry, I'm Dylan. That's my beautiful wife, Nalene. Sorry, I should have introduced myself first. That's terrible. Yeah, thanks. The other reason is Jesus prioritized prayer. 
He's the example. So if he prioritized, maybe we need to follow, follow me as I follow Christ. So if he prays, you need to pray. It's a good enough reason. That's in Mark 1, verse 35 to 38. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark. So sometimes, oh, no, I can't pray. It's too early. Well, when did Jesus do it? Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they explained, everyone's looking for you. When last was somebody looking for you because you were busy praying? Just a small little challenge in your life. When last was somebody was looking for you because you were so busy praying? Okay. This is a little bit heavy. It was just okay. You guys are good. Everybody in? Prayer strengthens us against temptation. I'm going to go through these points quite quickly because I think God wants to do something in you guys. And so if I go fast, you can stop me and ask me questions or you need some clarity at the end, come to me. Okay. God uses our prayers to accomplish His will. It's funny the things that we read when we read them over and over again. Eh? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that all the time. We're praying for God's will. I don't know if, if, if you're like me. I, I have this one habit. Like when I go to sleep, I put my head on the bed. The first thing I always pray is that prayer before I go to sleep every night. I don't know if it's just become a religious thing, but I pray that prayer every night for one reason. Forgive us as we, forgive me as I, you've forgiven how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm tongue-tied and twisted now. Jesus is powerful, and so is prayer powerful and effective. In James 5 verse 16 it says, Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And your prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Do you want your prayers to be powerful and effective? Pray. Excuse me. The one thing I just want to quickly throw in before we carry on is, so Elna shared about a prayer group that happens at this church that we meet at. This is our church. We meet here. This is where we should have the most effect. So please, I know she didn't mention what time and where they actually meet to pray. So please, if you are going to pray, I thought just that practical thing, because I'm talking about prayer this morning, go to her afterwards and ask her what time they pray and where they pray. So you don't come to the school and you're like, oh, they're not praying, and they pray in that corner there. I know where they pray. Okay. Prayer helps us receive and give forgiveness. Prayer helps us receive and give forgiveness. Luke 11.4 Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. I actually had that quote. I should have just looked at my notes. I was trying to quote it out of my head. (laughs) But that's the Lord's Prayer. That's from the Lord's Prayer as well. So you've prayed that probably a hundred times if you prayed the Lord's Prayer. Here's, here's um, why I started with prayer. 
can your prayers be hindered? Meaning, you're praying but God's not hearing. Is there things in you that stop God listening? That's what hindered means. Like, if I hinder myself, somebody, if you watch the cricket, that one of the South Africans whacked the ball so hard at the guy that he hindered his face from getting hit because he caught the ball just in front and he didn't catch it, but it saved him getting losing his whole front row of teeth, I'm imagining. And I'm going to say to you, yes, today, there is something that hinders your prayers. I'm going to read the scripture for you. Ephesians 4, verse 30 to 31. Maybe I'll read it off there. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Now, when I first read that scripture, I thought, yes, God, I'm, I'm going to preach on forgiveness. And they always say, make sure that, that you're living what you say before you preach it. I was like, yes, I've dealt with this stuff. And God just, dunk, picture. And I was like, oh. Yes, that. I invested money with some guy, and he ran away with it. And I, his name came up. Specific name that you don't even know, because I know it. And I was like, okay, God, I forgive him. And it's, it was that simple. The problem was, it, it's been a long time since that happened to me, to when I started preparing on like Friday, Thursday, Friday, of that specific guy. I've been keeping him in, and I've been bitter. All bitterness. I've been bitter. So I'm suddenly going, oh, I've hindered God's pr- my prayers. No wonder when I'm, when I'm praying for certain things, I don't feel like it's the right time to pray because I don't think God's going to give it to me. So I've been praying like everything's going to happen, but it hasn't been happening. And I didn't even realize that was what I was doing. Do you get angry? Has somebody done something to you that's hurt you? Has someone hurt you? Have you been in a place where you thought, Like, somebody owes me money and they better pay otherwise, like I was. And then you hold that like thing. If I see that guy, yes. And I'll tell you something that's very strange this morning because it's it's always been the thing that that robs you. They feel nothing. You are suffering in your own self-pity and your own self-worth because they do not even know you're angry. They don't even care. You see and think you can stare daggers at them and they're going to feel that. They feel nothing. 
This is not for them. This is for you. You need to lay that thing down this morning. Stop blaming others for your situation. That's unforgiveness. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Wow. Now that's, if I, if I use the illustration, it's like a, a saw that cuts between bone and marrow through your inner thing here. And I want to share a picture with you that I just remembered. This guy nailed to a cross, wounds in his arms, hurt by the people that are supposed to love him, supposed to expect him, the church. People in this church hurt you, and you're like, I do, though, they're supposed to be good Christians. He got killed by them. And the thing I want you to know, if you got hurt by someone before, I want you to remember this. I'm not telling you to forget it. I'm telling you to forgive. Jesus still carries the scars. Those scars are real in your life. I know. But they're not open wounds anymore. So he wants to heal those things for you this morning. And make them into scars. So nobody's telling you to forget your pain. Forget that you've been through stuff. But I want to stop you beating yourself up because that's not helping you walk in the thing of God. And the fact that you're not forgiving somebody, God can't forgive you. And I don't want you not to be forgiven by God. That's why I'm standing here fighting for you this morning. I'm sorry that somebody touched you inappropriately. I hate that. Everything in me wants to go, show me who that was. But because Jesus did something in me, I can't. It's not my job to do. That's God's job to sort out. I'm sorry that somebody said something really bad against you when you were small or recently. And you think, God, where are you? How does this happen? And God wants you to go like this. Now, God, I'm going to give it to you. I want to, in Matthew 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive their sins. Different scriptures, same thing I've just said. So I want to show you, it says it a few times in the Bible. Say, are your prayers hindered? Have I proved the point for you? Like I just want to prove a point here more than anything else that I want you to know that if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, it's a good old uh, picture of how, what unforgiveness is, is. You see the person walk in, you start stabbing yourself in the leg and expecting them to feel the pain. And you're sitting there bleeding in your own blood and they're walking past and they don't, they don't even know that that's what's happening. That's what unforgiveness is. Another one is you're drinking poison expecting the person that needs to forgive you to die and you're going to kill yourself. 
unforgiveness causes bitterness. It's a horrible thing, bitterness, though. I don't know if you've ever bitten into something really bitter, and you're like, oh! Imagine having that in your heart all the time because you can't let go of something. God wants to bring his freedom this morning. To all of you that have done that, had anger, shouted at the thing, your husband hasn't treated you like he should have, your wife has not been the wife that she's supposed to, I don't deserve this. Come on, man. Fight for your life. Take responsibility for yourself. You're going to stand before God one day and give an account for your life. You can't blame everybody else around you. You make the right decisions for you. Because that's the thing that's going to pull you closer to God. That's where your prayers are going to hit heaven. That's where breakthrough is going to start happening in your lives. That's where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords can break into your life. Use you. Shape you. Take you to places you never thought you could go. But it's this. Nail-pierced hands paid the price for you. He has the scars to show you. He paid for mine, paid for yours. It's proper. Eh? It's next level. I every time I think about it, like, Jesus, God, you gave your son to die for me. Just so I could. And then I got like, well, I'm not happy with the way they treated me, and I'm never going to forgive that guy. It's just not. And you're like, but I died for you. Oof, God, why? Why do I keep these things in my heart? Why do I keep hurting myself, expecting other people to hurt, feel it? That's the, that's the way the devil robs us. I want you to take off the chains this morning, throw them down, and forgive whoever you need to forgive. It creates strife. In church as well, eh? Believe it or not, strife, you normally think, yeah, that's at work, man. Like when that ex, I'm going to do better than him. I'm going to outsell him. I'm going to show my boss that I'm better. I always want to puff out like they must recognize me. That's strife. <sighs> Run the rat race. You're doing that in church probably as well. I've got to do good things so God sees that I'm happy with what he's done for me. I'm paying him back. You can't. Sorry. It's done. He's done it all already. He's paid the ultimate price. You don't have to do it anymore. You just have to look up and go, God, forgive me. Sorrow. When I, when, I, when I put this one down on my piece of paper, like a deep sorrow can also be something. You're sitting in your sin and just feeling sorry. Oh, I've got to get out of this, God. Oh. And all he says is, give it to me. But we'll go back to you. Guilt, shame, bitterness, and let the devil pull us back into that pit. When you, God is already saying, I've forgiven you as far as the east is from the west. That's what his word says. There is no sin. All condemnation for those of them in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. When we were singing that song, I was like super excited to just get going after that thing. Was 
we should be running. There was such a beautiful presence of God. We should be like, I felt like we were casting off all kinds of things in worship. And it felt like there was such a freedom. But I felt that thing was still there. And I was like, kind of like, oh, maybe I don't even need to preach about unforgiveness. Because I feel like, yes, we're casting off things. But I felt God say, no, you've got it. You've got to give it up. God can take certain things off us without just in a, in a place where we're surrendering and say we're giving everything to him. Unforgiveness. Unless you forgive, you, I can't forgive you. Wow. Hold on. This just got real, eh? Proper. You've got to do something. It's up to you. It's your choice. He didn't take free choice away from us. He's never going to choose well. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. I plead you to choose life this morning. Anger. So I haven't, if I haven't hit every single one of you with, well, not me, the Holy Spirit hit you in the heart this morning. Maybe I should take me out of the question here, sorry. But God just showed me. If God hasn't hit you in the heart yet, he has one. Anger. And I was like, yeah, I get angry. I do. Cut off on the road. You can ask my family, there's one thing that I deal with, they always laugh at me, I get a bit of road rage. If a bicycle comes, and I'm sorry, Mark Radigan, my, my, my wife says I have a cycling demon, because if they just do two next to each other, I'm like, look at these oaks. 1.2 meters, I've got to go this way, I'm head-on collision with the next car. What's wrong? Get in the lane where you're supposed to be. What is it? Idiot. And, then, and the, first thing, the first thing Kylie says is, Dad, you can't say idiot. Oh, I've just messed up. I made my daughter think these guys. But that thing's real. <laughs> I'm getting better, I promise. Yeah, I cut it down. Because <laughs> I, I, I read it was 1.5, and then I was like, then I'm really driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> so I gave them 1.2. I, I, I took 0.3 back for myself. But it's a real thing, anger. Eh? Somebody t- pushes your buttons. Husbands and wives know this well. You can be having the best day and you get home and they're like, Did you do that? Oh, what? You're always on me. Stop telling me what to do. I know what to do. It falls apart in two seconds. You know what the worst part is? That anger's in me. It's not in the person accusing me. It's me. I need to deal with anger. I can't put it on the person that keeps making me angry. It's the cyclist's fault. I'm angry because I've got an issue with cyclists. I need to deal with that. It's not the cyclist's fault. He's oblivious to it. He doesn't know I'm angry. But we carry that anger in us. And when we hear this thing, does it hinder your prayers? Hmm? Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. It hurts. Because I know I've got it. So I'm not preaching to the preacher. I'm preaching to myself as well. I've, I've, I basically spent a lot of time putting this thing in and going, okay, God, I'm sorry. I repent again. You know, this is in me. But you know what the beautiful thing is about this thing? God's mercy is on you every day. I can do better tomorrow. 
I can like Sarkis a little bit better tomorrow. I'm going to go 1.1 tomorrow, maybe 1.3 and a half, you know? But it's, it's, I'm joking about it, but when I, when I say this hinders your prayers, it hinders your prayers. Lord, bless me, stupid cyclists. God loves that guy. Whoever that crazy person is on a bicycle that sits all the time and pedal, 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 you know, and gets, like, really gets nowhere. <laughs> so we can't ask the cyclists to change because we only have the ability to change ourselves. The ability is in you. And you have the ability to do it. But the power is in the king to do that. The power is not in you to do it. You need to recognize what you do. And then the power comes from the king. This is what it locks out. So you'll know this. If you, and, and if you're going through a bad time or you're angry, it locks out joy. Locks out love and locks out fellowship. It helps alienate you. The devil's very good at doing that to us. eh? Don't touch me. Don't come in my space. Don't touch me on my studio. We get into our own little bubble, and this is where I'm going because I'm going to keep myself safe now because people hurt me. God wants us to have fellowship. How do we have fellowship if we like not being in a place where how do all they know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another? That love's not there if, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart or anger or bitterness. It's gone. There's no one righteous. Not even one. Romans 3.10 says that. I know sometimes we want to think like, I'm in such a good place. So I want to tell you a quick story about what happened to me. And this was not the one I had to repent of. I was in church. I bought a car from a specific person. And um, it didn't happen. I got lost a whole lot of money. And I want to get to, because while I'm sharing this, I want to show you a picture of what, unforgiveness does to you. So I knew where they lived. I, used to, I don't know why I used to do this. I used to make a mission past their house all the time and check and see their big TV screen on their TV. And you'd say, you couldn't pay me back this large amount of money. I'd see them shopping in the shops. And I used to say to myself, I'm going to take his TV off his wall and tell him it's part of the payment. And, and I, used to do, like, I used to... I was proper better, eh? It was horrible. I remember I used to drive past his house, or if, if I saw him, I used to get this like, oh, this ugh. It started contorting my body, actually. Every time I saw them, it started doing something in me. Some of you guys are doing that in the workplace. They must pay. How can they do that? They must pay. When it's Christian people, it's very hard. Can't take them to court. <laughs> you can't sue them. 
When you give somebody money and you borrow their money, in, in, so the Bible says if you borrow somebody money, don't expect it back. I eventually had to phone the guy. I felt so convicted by God. Because I knew I was hurting myself. I could feel it eventually. I was like, yes, he doesn't know. He's carrying away with his life. But ah, my life's getting messed up here. I'm like bitter, I'm angry. I'm not praying because I'm just thinking, God, how did you let this happen? God said, all the money he owes you. Phone him and tell him he doesn't owe it to you anymore. I was like, it was the hardest phone call because I didn't want to do it. I couldn't understand why God was telling me to do this. Like, this guy's done wrong. He needs to pay up. Absolutely. He needed to learn his lesson. God, you need to teach him his lesson. I phoned him. I told him, listen, I just felt like God said, I need to release you of this thing. Um, you don't owe me a cent. I didn't feel very happy straight after the call on my son. I, I love to say, like, the disease of unforgiveness left my body and I was so much better. But I realized the next day when I woke up and I drove past his house, something in me was different. I had no, my body didn't feel like it was going to, every time I saw him again, when he came into church, I was like, I'm glad he's here. Not like, what are you, how did you show up at church when you in this? Me justifying his walk when my walk is so bad. Like I'm trying to get to walk this thing out myself, being good in God. Now I'm starting to tell God how to deal with other people who, they got small issues, probably, worse, probably less than mine. You know what happened? He has the miracle of it. So I got completely released. I used to work for a company before that. And they phoned me up and said, listen, you did this massive deal at Transnet. And um, we forgot, we, we, the commission's been paid out and here's the money. And it was to, almost to the cent. It wasn't exactly to the cent, but almost to the exact cent. So to the rand, the amount of money that I released him off. So I got paid out. God is able to do more than you can ever imagine if you hand it to him. Hand it to him this morning, please. So we're going to do two things here. The one I'm going to ask Arvin to do, I hope he's cool with that, is he made a call for if you haven't met Jesus in your life before. Like you haven't had the privilege of falling in love with this king who has done everything that I can walk in freedom. He's given us everything. And all we have to do is accept him. There's no price to pay. That's the first one. So Arvin's going to share that one. So get ready if that's you. And the second one, and I don't know, I felt like everybody in the whole church has to do this, but it's not because uh, I was included in it when I was organizing this preach. I felt like, God, and I feel like God's saying there is a part of it in every person's life that you need to maybe come this morning and say, God, I don't want you to hinder my prayers. I give you anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. So I'm including a whole bunch of people. So the people that have unforgiveness, what I want you to do with that when I call you is make sure when you pray, because I'm not going to pray for you. We're just going to come forward and respond. That's what God wants. I felt God wanted this morning. He wanted a response from you. Step out into, the, into this place and go, God, because there's a, there's a choice here. You make the choice by doing this. You make a choice if you sit in your seat.